the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. Well, we're back on WPTF at Bell's Carpets and Floors Industrial Drive in Raleigh. That's 2828 Industrial Drive in Raleigh. And we were talking before uh, the music started, Jason. Jason is our producer. Jason, put uh, put Good Morning Friends with Johnny oh, Cash on yeah, back on there so Rufus can hear it, Hi. please, because he didn't... Oh, good morning, friends. 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 Oh, my. Thank you, Jason. I appreciate that. Yeah, thank you, Jason. That made my day. That's a good one. All right, so we're uh, we're I've already said we're at Bells. We're at Bells. Uh, 919-860-9783. 919-860-WPTF and Clap with us. Brother Rufus uh, there you've heard singing. Uh, Nelsa Cox is with us, owner of the Garden Hut in Fuquay Varina. And uh, Fred Gaines is around. You've heard him this morning. Been talking to Fred for a long, long time about carpeting and flooring, and we'll do more of that coming up. Sim McKeever is the manager of the State Farmer's Market in Raleigh. Sim, how you doing this morning? Good morning. I, th- I thought we had to take it coming to Johnny Cash on there for just a second. <laughs> yeah, I know. We'll play it twice. Good yeah. morning, friends. That's all right. That's a good one. So it, uh, how was everything there this morning? Did y'all get some rain? We, we did get a little rain, and it, it'll sprinkle a little bit here and there, but... Uh, Kind of, kind of cloudy and overcast, but not nothing too, nothing too bad. But we we could definitely use some rain, though. Yeah, I know. Um, what's the discussion among the farmers out there about the rain? Are they, we're I think officially in in drought conditions here in in this part of the state and and down east. So yeah, there there some of them I know some of them to the point they're gonna may have to start doing some irrigating if uh, if we don't get get some a decent amount of rain here soon. Well, that's so, scary. Yeah. It is getting dry. Yeah, you know, we haven't had a lot of this in the last few years. So. And a few months ago. Yes, so we bring out the rain barrels. <laughs> uh, so what's what do you have under there this morning? Do you have uh, new varieties of peaches? We do. Uh, peaches are a big thing just getting started. Uh, Flavor Rich and Rich May were two of the varieties I saw down there this morning. Um, garden peas are coming in. they got those shelled or still in the shell. Um, see lettuce, cabbage. Uh, we've got... Tomato squash, zucchini, cucumbers, peppers, uh, beets, onions, Brussels sprouts, uh, broccoli, cauliflower, 
we still got some winter squash coming in, red and white potatoes, um, strawberries, blueberries, and blackberries coming in now. Um, get the strawberries where you can. Uh, I don't wanna, uh, when the heat gets turned up, and, and it, uh, it, they they won't be here much longer, so the uh, next couple of weeks, uh, so be come out and get those where you can. It's been a pretty good season, though, hasn't it? They, they've been... had a really good year so far. So uh, well, It seems like it's been a long one. Yeah. See, uh, got, already got peaches, uh, mushrooms, cut herbs, uh, all kinds of greens, turnips, kale, mustard, spinach, um, carrots, and, of course, sweet potatoes are a staple out here year-round. And then you got honey, eggs, uh, salsa, and then we still have uh, a lot of plant vendors still still here at the market. Uh, as well, down in Farmers 2, you can find trees and shrubs, uh, fruit trees and bushes, uh, boxwoods, perennials, herbs, ferns, hanging baskets, uh, succulents, aquatic plants, uh, cactus. Uh, still have a lot of vegetable plants coming in, bedding plants, and uh, have uh, several vendors here with some beautiful cut flowers coming Did in. Did you mention blueberries? Yeah, blueberries. Yeah, they're just getting started, and we got we got quite a few out here, so... Good, good. There's nothing like a fresh blueberry. Yeah, they are good. I, I, I'm, a, I'm a fan of blueberries myself. And when you mix the peaches and the strawberries and the blueberries, that's a trifecta. There you go. You got it. So uh, you got all of that. Everything's everything's uh, nice and uh, nutritious. Out at the State Farmers Market, uh, of course, you, you do have the breads and uh, the sweets other than the honey and uh that's and right. Everything uh, in moderation, I think, Socrates that, that's, that's said it. that. There's, no, there's nothing wrong with some sweets once in a while. Uh, we, and we sure do have some out here. Uh, go up in the uh, market shops building and uh, all kinds of cheese, uh, breads, um, cakes, pies, pastries, jams and jellies, um, candy, uh, all kinds of barbecue sauces. Uh, got three, two, one coffee. Uh, got a lot of uh, fruits and vegetables up there as well, things that are uh, maybe not in season in North Carolina right now or maybe not even grown in North Carolina, like citrus and things you can get up there in the market shops. Um, we got North Carolina farm-raised meats and eggs. Um, see, we got North Carolina wine uh, from Chatham Hill Winery. Um, let's see, we got hammocks and outdoor furniture at North Carolina Hammocks. Um, we got local seafood, bringing in seafood from the coast of North Carolina. Uh, of course, you can get some ice cream and go to the grill and get you a hot dog or a hamburger or a Rufus dog. Um, Amen. So, uh, oh yeah, they're they're improving that Rufus dog. Yeah, they're, it's, they it's, they're, they it's, keep working working it's on coming it. coming along there. There you are. They they're doing a really good job. They are. They have a lot of a lot of other things there to to eat too. Some really interesting. Things maybe you've never had before. A shrimp dog is, is an amazing thing. Yeah. yeah, a shrimp that that exceeds the length of the bun. There you go. <laughs> I think it's a whale dog. <laughs> a whale dog. The whale dog. <laughs> uh, I also want to mention we do we do have a lot of vendors down in our craft shed area uh, uh, this weekend. Um, you got urban spices. You got some more uh, farm raised North Carolina farm raised meats and stuff down there. Uh, kettle corn. Uh, hand soaps and lotions, baskets, um, barbecue sauces, uh, tropical plants, um, and all kinds of craft items down there as well. So be sure to check those those folks out. And in the market shops, the old country store up there is a yeah. magnificent place to, especially in the morning. That's right. Baking the bread. There you go. And let's 
So, yeah, I want to mention uh, the Hunter Pork Center back behind below the seafood restaurant. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, talking about the seafood restaurant, uh, great seafood, uh, give you plenty to eat. And they open up at 11 a.m. And they've had, they got new hours now. They're closing at 7 p.m. instead of 8 p.m. So I want to make sure everybody knows that. Um, and, of course, we got the uh, State Farmer's Market restaurant up, up on top of the hill. Uh, great country cooking. Open up at uh, 6 a.m. and close at 3 p.m. And they serve breakfast right up till closing as well. So uh, and they're able to accommodate a lot of people. That's there right. Now. And uh, I know they're, they're glad to get things back going back to normal, uh, sure. normal setups. With all but the, they've done really well there. Yeah, they have. The Both them and the seafood restaurant have done really well as far as yeah. uh, dealing with it. And um, I know the seafood restaurant. I think they're getting ready to. They haven't had tables in their building, but they're getting ready to to get that going. So. Right. And uh, let's see, uh, Market Imports up above the State Farmer's Market Restaurant, uh, water fountains, pottery, wrought iron, all kinds of home decor up there. Just a really neat place and uh, a good place to check out. Well, I hope you have a nice weekend, my friend. I hope you all have a great weekend, and uh, we'll, we'll be here all weekend, normal business hours, so uh, come see us. Sam, I couldn't let you pass without getting a road update. Um, let's see. I've got a, no, it, it is making some progress. We're getting close. Um, We're going to get you out there to supervise the, I want to get a, the a, building of it. Really. A, a construction hat on and a, a jacket. Yeah, we had to, there was a few adjustments that had to be made to the intersection. And once you make adjustments, you have to go back through all the red tape again to get approvals. So it's more of a circuitous route. Yeah, so. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah, we, we, we jokingly call it the road to nowhere um, right now. Uh, but we're hoping to remedy that here pretty soon. Uh, we're yeah. getting close. And I got I think I got another meeting about it, uh, not next week, but the next. So uh, we, we hope to ha- I hope to have a good report. Well, uh, it's always nice talking to you, Sim. You have a great weekend, my friend. All right, y'all have a good one as well. That's Sam McKeever out at the State Farmer's Market. He's the manager there. Let's go to Beth in Hillsborough, who's been waiting a while. Beth, good morning. You're on WPTF. And good morning. Good morning. How may we help you? Okay. Um, I'd like to have a discussion about coneflowers. Specifically, I bought coneflowers starting about 10 years ago. Didn't know anything about gardening. And... I bought from local nurseries, I bought from Big Box, and then recently I've read an article about coneflowers, and I, I'm not sure if what I've bought now are hybridized such that they don't have what it is that our bees and our hummers and our our insects are looking for, so I'd like to just hang up and hear a discussion. All right. Well, we shall do that. Thank you, Beth. Thank you. Bye. Uh, the gentle lady from Wake County, Fuqua Verena, has the floor. Well, goodness gracious, put me on the spot and call me Sally. Well, okay. <laughs> you're the one with a horticulture. Call me Ekebekia. So, <laughs> so um, there are many, many, uh, of course, improvements to plants in general um, specifically you wanted to address cone flowers um, so certainly there could be some sacrifices um, but if you look at um, stem structure uh, the variety of colors uh, just the possibilities um, 
I'm not exactly privy to um, the article that you read or have I heard that. Um, what I can tell you is over the last 10 years, we have probably at our store carried certainly the old standbys. So uh, like Kim's Knee High, uh, which was one found uh, by Kim Hawks at Niche Garden in the Chapel Hill area. Um, that certainly is a great native um, that would probably provide, um, you know, greatness for our pollinators. Um, but again, having said that, uh, with some of the new cultivars and hybrids, because there are some hybrids, um, I don't know the benefit. What I can tell you is the ones that we have carried, which has probably been, good Lord, probably uh, there's a sombrero series. There, there's so many series: tiki torch, uh, yellow ones, uh, white ones, um, purple ones, pink ones. I mean, just orange ones, all kinds. We see, I see pollinators on them. Whether they're getting the benefit from it or not, I, I can't tell you. I mean, I, I, I just see that they bring bees, and that's my goal. Is in my personal uh, vegetable garden space is I use things like like coneflowers or zinnias or sunflowers uh, or even the catmint to attract uh, pollinators to help with my summer vegetables. Um, other than that, does anyone have anything to contribute or would someone like to call in? Would Pam Beck like to text me? Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, um, that's, um, you know, about the extent of what, what I can tell you is that I see coneflowers bring in pollinators. Maybe I think Beth is questioning whether or not she's really got coneflowers. It could be. Um, I mean, th you know, there are some that say maybe don't perennialize as well as some of the old standbys, the purpureas and the Kim's knee high and the white swan. Um, but, um, you know, pollinators, they do. Now, there are some... Um, some hybrids uh, called Ichabechia, so it's kind of a cross between the Echinacea and the Redbeckia called Ichabechia. Um, you tend to get more uh, oranges and um, uh, browns and uh, burgundies and um, it tends to have a little bit of a, a thicker or fuzzier leaf. I can see where those can be very root rot sensitive. Um, or at least those are issues that, that we have to be careful with. Um, that's pretty much about my limit on, you know, understanding the question. And, and I think if you buy from a, a local garden center, reputable garden center like the Garden Hut, that <coughs> well, certainly well assured of getting what you and think it, you're getting. Right, but it, and it sounds like that she, the caller, um, has purchased from... Uh, several of, of the, the great garden centers in our area, as well as some box stores. So I'm not sure, uh, and I hate that, that you hung up, but I'm not sure, um, you know, exactly what you're experiencing with yours. I mean, again, you read an article, but are you saying that uh, the coneflowers you have planted from both big box and uh, local owned um, are not returning for you or doing well or not bringing in bees? I'm, I'm not sure. Rufus, are yours bringing bees in return? Oh, absolutely. And is it true now, sir, that most coneflower petals look downward? Um, definitely of the older ones, but no, not of some of the newer they're cultivars. Doing it upright. Yeah, yeah. Or they're flush, or they go through 
um, stages almost where they start kind of unfoiling. They have mm. that spikiness unfoiling. And to me, they're out like a little cup, and they may even have a little white to them. And then as, as you know, they develop, um, they become a, a truer color of, of an orange or a yellow or a pink. Um, but certainly there are, like, again, the old-fashioned echinacea, purpurea is going to kind of cascade down. I, I found that mine occasionally four or five years like to be divided. Yep. Uh, most perennials uh, can benefit uh, every three to five years um, of being divided. Um, absolutely. But the ones you're talking about, they almost look like a shuttlecock. Correct. Yeah. And yeah. we, we have played some badminton with some coneflowers before at our store. Maybe now. Interesting. Absolutely. Yeah. Well. <laughs> Seriously. Shall we, have a, shall we have a game? And we use, we use one cubic foot bags of soil um, for uh, first base, second base, third base, and home plate. And then we have a little pitcher's mound. We do wiffle ball in the parking lot. How about hmm. that? Is that, is is that, that an English paper turnout for that? Or? Oh, man, we got fans on both sides. I mean, you know. <laughs> a lot of skint knees, too. That's right. Got to remember not to slide into. <laughs> into asphalt base. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, I hope if, if that doesn't work, Beth, call us back. 919-860-9783. We're at uh, Fred's Place. We're at uh, Bell's Carpets in uh, Raleigh. It's been around for, for decades now. Generations. Uh, Generations. 28, 28 Industrial Drive in Raleigh. We're right behind Costco. Uh, is uh, your lawn looking a little ragged uh, from the critter damage? Have moles dug tunnels in your lawn? Have, have plants been devoured by voles? I've had that experience. Are, are you ready to give up on gardening because you're just fed up with the damage caused by moles and voles? Don't be discouraged. End the damage with I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent. Available in liquid and granular, I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent has a super strong formulation that's effective and easy to use. I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent works without the use of harmful chemicals and toxins. And Did you know that, that many products that kill moles and voles can have an undesirable effect of, on animals too? But uh, not I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent. It contains only natural ingredients and botanical oils that give you a peace of mind that uh, you want to unintentionally poison an animal, pet, or a bird. I Must Garden Repellents are sold all over the Triangle area, so look for I Must Garden Mole and Vole Repellent in the big orange bag at your favorite garden center or hardware stores such as town and country hardware stores in southern states and in Carborough. And... Uh, while you're there, be sure to check out the other IMOS Garden natural repellents for deer, rabbits, squirrels, snakes, dogs, cats, and more. Protect your garden today with natural pest protection from IMOS Garden repellent. Earth-friendly, people-and-pet-friendly, and made right here in the Triangle area. And uh, Nelsa sells uh, the IMOS Garden repellents, and you stand by them. There is no bear repellent, however, <laughs> is there. There, there's not. We'll have to get Marilyn to work on that. But I will say that um, I had a conversation with my mother last night. Um, again, she just got home from the beach, and she said, the deer have come and gotten her daylily buds. And I'm going in Monday, so she asked me to bring some deer spray, some I Must Garden deer spray. So I have already sprayed um, several of my vegetables at, at the farm 
um, with a rabbit repellent of, of Amos Garden. And I also have to spray at the garden hut because those bunnies love peppers. I have Carolina Reaper, what? your favorite, Carolina Reaper. I have some hot peppers planted, and the rabbits always just graze them down. Crazy little oh, oh. buggers. Yeah, those? I don't know. That that's those are weird little. Animals. That's a little. Scary. I mean, bell peppers, hot peppers, sweet peppers. It doesn't matter. They will come in and just devour my plants. Uh, they may be sorry <laughs> after eating some of those, but yeah, yeah. Carolina Reaper. Yeah, we've got some Carolina Reaper, some uh, habanero, and um, what's the other one? Um, can't think of the other one, but ghost pepper, ghost pepper. I, I just do a couple of those just for fun. Um, it's funny, a buddy of mine, he tries to grow, I can't remember exactly, like 10 or 12 pounds, and one of the uh, the aviator in Fuquay, uh, Mark Doble, uses them in one of his beer mashes. So it's kind of a spicy beer. I should say so. <laughs> that would be. So that's well, why Rufus, he, he gets... Rufus, I thought you liked hot hot peppers. You wouldn't like that in a beer? No, not quite. I I haven't put my pepper plants out yet. Is, am I too late? No. Well, not according to tomorrow's weather, but <laughs> but it is time to get them out. Yeah. Right. Well, the 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 uh, arrangement I have, of course, is that I am the the farmer, and the sharecropper is is my wife's brother-in-law who makes the knockoff hot sauce, and he declares that that the Carolina Reaper can ruin a whole batch because it's just too hot. Too hot. He likes habanero and especially Tabasco peppers. Tabasco peppers were so hard to find this year, but and I, they're hot. I, I can't find any. I, I haven't been able to find any this year either. They're very hot you peppers, too, to Louisiana to get them. I mean, I usually have you a have couple of vendors. You island out there. Yeah. yeah. I'd like yeah. to visit that sometime. Yeah. How about that? Well, uh Nine one nine eight six zero nine seven eight three nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. We haven't talked about daylilies. We'll we'll talk about those and and other things coming up. You're listening to the Weekend Gardener on WPTF. We're at twenty eight twenty eight Industrial Drive in Raleigh at Bell's Carpets and Floors. We're on Industrial Drive right behind Costco. So uh, come join us. Nine one nine eight six zero WPTF. Let's get back to the WPTF Weekend Gardener with Mike, Ann, and Rufus. We're back on WPTF with the Weekend Gardener. We're at Bell's Carpets and Floors, 2828 Industrial Drive in Raleigh, 919-860-9783. We're going to get Fred in, uh, in, in a, on the phone in a second. We've got Fred Gaines right, right here, owner of, uh, of uh, Bell's Carpets. Rufus walking around inspecting everything, and you have a lot to see in this, this showroom. It's yeah. a beautiful place. No, well, thank you. I mean, uh, Let's turn. There we go. We'll turn the mic on. Oh, you need to turn the mic on. <laughs> Simple as that. It's just like computers should be intuitive. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Well, we have those too, actually. Yeah. So, anyway, but I was, yeah, think not only all the things we have. You know, if people haven't, uh, we have a number of customers over the years, and we're in the same building, but we're actually in the front of the building. We, you know, when we moved up here, it's been about two years, uh, we were able to redesign the showroom. 
uh, and uh, we actually have uh, a greater selection than we had in our old showroom. But this is much more convenient, easy to pe for people to shop and and uh, find things. Uh, and I think they really enjoy the experience uh, that we've been able to provide uh, with this first-class, state-of-the-art showroom. But you know, I was thinking about, and I know that uh, you've been talking about Black Cow, and I was just thinking, you know, if uh, you've been out working outside and you happen to track in some of that Black Cow, you want to make sure that that it, it cleans up. I'm sure I've done that before, yeah, Fred. Yeah, so, you know, and what you, what you need to do is, when you're looking at uh, for new carpet, is uh, any of the Mohawk or Karastan Smart Strand fibers are going to be the answer because they're inc incredibly durable, but they have the best technology for soil and stain protection that you can get. So you don't have to worry about uh, if uh, your husband or father or dad or somebody happens to, or mom or somebody, the kids yeah. track in any of that black uh, cow, you just go at uh, take and clean it with water. Yeah. You don't need anything special. Uh, so that's something that people are going to want to think about when they're looking for carpet. Uh, we've got the best selection of uh, the smart strand fibers, uh, and they're all on sale. So, so this will be a great opportunity to uh, think about where you want to do the recarpeting. Why do they call it smart strand? Um, because it's an intelligent fiber, it was actually engineered. It, uh, uh, Dupont and Mohawk partnered to engineer this new fiber uh, to resist soil, resist staining, and to be incredibly resilient. So uh, there's a, a chemical name for it, but most people, uh, the Smart Strand is the uh, brand name. So that's why Mohawk chose it, because it's a smart, intelligent fiber to reduce staining and uh, trafficking and soiling. It was a real renaissance. It's been out for 15 years now, which we were just talking about that. It doesn't seem like it, no. but uh, it, it's uh, in over 11 million homes. So it's, it's uh, uh, while it's modern technology, uh, it's proven technology that's been proven in home after home after home. So the most important thing is to vacuum that carpeting? Yeah, vac certainly that's the most important thing with any carpet is to vacuum it. Uh, but if you, uh, and of course, depending on if it's soil, vacuuming is going to take care of that. If it's uh, a red, if Rufus, Rufus happens to drop some red wine, then that's. Part of his pube. Or part of his donut. Blue donut. Blue donut. Then you simply clean it with water. So. Okay. That was going to be my next question. Do you let it dry before you... No, if it's a wet stain, you just rinse it out, blot it up uh, with water. That's all you blot. need. Blot. Blot's important. Blot, yeah, you don't want to spread it around. Yeah. Uh, and if it's a stubborn stain, it may take a sec, sec, second application. But the technology on the smart strand fiber is nanotechnology, which I'm not a chemist or uh, the great people over at NC State. But what it does, it, it locks on the yarn. No matter how much you uh, clean it, how long it is last, it's always there. And what it does, it blocks moisture. So when you block moisture, you can't stain it. So that's the technology. Uh, it's amazing. Yeah. It really, and, and so much of that is, uh, is in the carpeting that you have here in this building. And uh, 
it's it's not as expensive as you might think. Right. That yeah. You you think well, this technology is going to be the most the highest price. We actually have that technology from the beginning starter grade all the way through our best top of the line Karastan. Yeah. Do you, do you still sell the Oriental rug? From Karastan? No, um, we, Karastan has changed uh, their thing. You know, the uh, the factory pre-made rug uh, is still available, but the problem that we saw uh, starting years ago was people would come in and say, you know, I've got this, I need a beautiful rug, uh, but I need uh, a 9 by 13. Yeah. And that's not a standard size. So we end up making uh, custom sized rugs out of just any type of gorgeous design the customer can think of. Uh, and uh, you know, that gives us the option to create a rug that's specific to that customer. Uh, and that's uh, exactly what uh, has happened in the in the, not just with us, but most people in the rug business. Uh, there still are the factory pre-made, and the, there still are some of the Karastan Oriental design rugs that are available. That uh, they're no longer made up in Eden, North Carolina. They're made in their Georgia plant now. Right. Okay, but you do have that available if, if for uh, there's a very making. limited number of designs and sizes available now. Karistan has really cut back that. Simply the 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 tastes have changed. Yeah. In the airy rug business today, uh, with the uh, younger market, they are looking for beautiful rugs. They're looking for specific sizes, but they're also looking for a rug that isn't going to cost tens of thousands or tens sure. of thousands of dollars. Uh, so. Uh, that that market is has changed completely. Fred, we'll talk to you some more. All right, great. Up. Thank you very much. Always educational. Uh, let's talk to another Fred. I believe Fred, you are in Louisville. Is that correct? And New Hill. New Hill. Okay. Uh, so you're you're just down the road from us. Uh, how are you doing this morning? And thanks for waiting. Thank you very much for taking my call. I have a, a simple question. I have two mature willow oaks that leased out only on one side, both on the same side, and then they did not leaf out properly. You know, there's some leaf at this point coming in, but it, from a distance they look pretty barren. And I didn't know if that type of description means, you know, for the experts, something that, that could be a fungus or, or some type of disease, or if that's, you know, nothing to worry about. So you said you had two, and so are each one, say, is, is it the east side or the north side, or is it, it just be, random? Let's see. That, no, it, it's, uh, so the sun sets in the west, so it's on the west side. On the west side, they did not leap out the spring, and there's just some hint of um, leaves coming, but, uh, but I, you know, they're mature, they're well you know, well-drained, they have plenty of water. Um, so I didn't know what would cause that. Well, if there's a sign of uh, uniformity of some leaves coming back out on the west side, then I'm going to go with the fact that uh, for whatever reason, um, you know, we had we had late cold freezes, uh, even in um, uh, late April, early May, and so it very well could have been that. Um, it's, it is a good sign that you're seeing, um, you know, an emergence of some new leaves trying to come out because, 
um, you know, I'd hate for something like ambrosia beetle to get in there, which which can uh, cut off the cambium flow of uh, and just basically kill the tree, um, which, you know, sometimes there can be a stem or a trunk or something that just wasn't affected. But it doesn't sound like that was the case because this is too uniform being two plants and both of them being on the west side. So I think you probably had some cold damage. Okay. Yeah, I don't know well, that I've heard of much. that happening before. Is that, is that un- unusual? Um, it, it can happen. I knew, um, you know, one year we had a very, very late hard freeze where it got to like 22, 23 degrees, and it was like the late April. And we had already been toying or or been toyed with by Mother Nature. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> and so we had, you know, moved our maples, moved our maples. And we really pride and do, do a, a good job with, with big box specimen maples. Um, so we had moved them all. And I was like, are you kidding me? We've got a freeze coming this late. It can't be that bad. So we laid all the trees down. And I will tell you, within 24 hours uh, to 48 hours later, the side that we laid down... Um, remained green the other side every leaf fell off it looked awful awful it just blistered and burnt i've had a maple this year that did the same thing but it's coming back out right now so i'm going to go with nelson on that yeah, yeah. as long as you see some sign that it's yeah absolutely that it's coming out then i think you're going to be okay uh, how old are these trees i think he may have hung up but uh so i'm I don't know that that matters very much. Uh, yeah, and I mean, willows can have some disease, but just the coincidence of it both both sides both sides of two trees on the west side with that uniformity, I'm thinking that's got to be what it is. Okay. 919-860-9783. We were getting ready to talk to William and Beaufort, but uh, we lost him. Uh, but William, call back. We'll talk to you. Coming up, we're at uh, Bell's Carpets and Floors, 2828 Industrial Drive in Raleigh with a WPTF Weekend Gardener. More coming up. For 40 years, it was the Tar Heel Gardener. And since then, the Weekend Gardener has invited you into their backyard. A WPTF tradition since 1945. A WPTF, the Weekend Gardener at 952. Mike Rayleigh here along with Ann Clapp and Rufus Edmonston. And uh, Nelson Cox is, is with us. We're at Bell's Carpets and Floors Industrial Drive in Raleigh. And uh, William is with us calling us from the coast in Beaufort. Hey, William, how are you? William. Oh, ho, ho. Oh, Dad gummit. William, William must be on his boat. Hope it didn't sink. Uh, well, at any rate, why don't we go to uh, Stephen Garner. Steve, uh, William, call back. Steve is, um, if you're able to. Uh, Steve, Steve is in Garner. He's a hey daylily guy. How are your daylilies? I bet they're going nuts. Well, we had 40 in bloom today, so it's getting more exciting every day. That is. Good Every time we wow. go out there, it changes. Uh, just as a information, there are two types of nutgrass. Both of them drive you nuts, but it's yeah, do. the case. <laughs> One is the white, the has a white root on it, 
comes out of the ground very easily. The purple stem, uh, you need to dig it out. Uh, just as a just to let people know, if you pull a, 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 a nutgrass up and the only thing that comes up in your hand is a stem, uh, no root, no nothing, you're not getting the whole plant, and it's coming back. And okay. that red stem, that purple stem, is very aggressive. So. Uh, that's so is that what you've been doing? Is, this it, morning. I've been it, so that's what you've been doing? That's what you've been doing this morning? Is that what you've you, been... You started something, I didn't hear it finish. Yeah, is that what you are... Is that your uh, work this morning, is, is getting that's the nutgrass out? Blue. Right now, yeah. The, the nutgrass seems to be very aggressive this year. Um, yeah. We're having our flower show. The Daylily Club is uh, the 12th. Saturday the 12th at um, Crabtree Crab Valley Mall. Yeah. June the 12th. Well, we're already past May, dear. Yeah. <laughs> My coach is in the background. Yeah. I saw uh, that. Anyway, the 12th. Everybody's Saturday got an interjector. June, um, if you want to enter flowers into the show, uh, we start accepting flowers for the show at 8 a.m. or uh, 8.30, between 8 and 8.30, and then we try to get the last one's on the table by 11, so we start cutting off about 10.30. So it's open to the public, so if you've got a pretty day lily you want to bring in and, and show off, uh, we're, we welcome anybody who wants to come in. You don't have to be a member of the club. It would be nice if you join while you're there, but uh, we will be there. The mall has been gracious enough to uh, allow us to back in there one more year. Well, that's uh, great, Stephen, and it's such a, a great time for folks who are interested in daylilies to uh, come and meet people who, you know, some who grow them for a living, most for a hobby, but who are experts in right. that. Most of the club members that are there are very dedicated, and they 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 do grow them for uh, hobby or for, yeah, there are about, we've got at least four growers that do it for, um, they sell. We also will have a sales table there, so uh, that's where I'll be through most of the day is at the sales table. Um, so just come by and greet me if you want to come in and do it. Uh, but uh, right now we're having to irrigate like crazy. This this weather has just been. It has, uh, and that's something we haven't had to do a lot of in the last. Few I know. Years. Last summer I didn't have to irrigate at all, at yeah. not a bit. And this year, I've had to irrigate uh, my garden every week for the last six weeks. So mm. it's the the weather pattern has definitely shifted to a more dry. Uh, at least it hasn't been really hot. That's the one saving grace to it. Yeah, yeah, not and yet. Still, of course, it feels well, hot. It tomorrow, feels hot to me. Sixty-seven tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, and I'm from North Carolina, but it still. Feels. I tell you what, that cold snap. Uh, I had. My fig tree was loaded. I mean, the, the, the first flush, I must have had 200 figs on that tree. Yeah, it teases us. After that 40-degree morning, I didn't have a single fig on that tree. It killed yeah. every one of them. What variety do you have? What variety? Uh, brown turkey. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, it's, it's still a, pretty cold. A, I, I keep it trimmed back. It's a pretty good-sized uh uh, trunk on it, but I keep it trimmed to about 12 feet 
so it's not a huge plant, but I get more than enough feed, figs to feed the squirrels, so I don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> sure, sure. Well, All good. right. But well, Steve, I have fond memories, of course, of this. Our daily show and sale is the 12th from 8 a.m., a public public viewing of the flowers inside the uh, display area starts at 2 o'clock. Well, Steve, I might come view, but I when I won the blue ribbon, that was enough for a lifetime, <laughs> and I don't want to repeat that to take you away. Want to take the, a chance. Take a chance. You want yeah. to try for a, a, a purple ribbon? Oh, my goodness. Is that better than a blue ribbon? Yes. Oh. The, the purple is the ni- uh, 95 and above. Oh, wow. wow. How about that? I didn't know that. No, I didn't yeah. know. I'll, I'll yep. stick with the blue ribbon. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome to come. Yeah. And, Thank you, Steve. Uh, my garden is open. Uh, it is a display garden, and it is open uh, the peak is from about the 1st of June until about the 15th of July. Um, if you need to find it, the garden's name is Just One More, and we are on the AHS website under Display Gardens. So I would prefer them to try to find it that way. That way they can yeah. go to the website and look at there, too. So That's just great. one more uh, day, Lily Garden, and I'm open. Uh, peak is from... Uh, June 1st of June till the uh, mid-July. All right, and June 12th, Crabtree Valley Mall for the Daylily Show. Yes, sir. Thank you, Steve. Yep, and remember the nutgrass. Oh, all right, we shall. <laughs> all right, <laughs> buddy, thank you. More of the Weekend Gardener coming up from Bell's Carpets and Floors, 2828 Industrial Drive. 